hi, I'm Michael Radigan with my co-host Kat Silverman. This is Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. I almost forgot the name of our podcast because it's been so long. It's uh, been you, can follow, <laughs> you can follow me at Mikey Rads. At uh, you can follow Kat at Kat M Silverman. You can follow our podcast at Three Cheers for Goal One. That's the number three and the number one. And you can uh, follow our producer uh, Max Spar at Maxwell Spar. Um, I guess I'll just kick us off. I I feel like I feel like there's maybe some explanation to our three or four followers about uh, why we haven't recorded the past year. I've had a couple of people ask why we aren't recording and it actually those people are basically my mom, my girlfriend and Max. So those, basically um, the same here. It's been a, yeah. our, our one listener um, that yeah. I brought in, I, I just bought a house with. So um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he plans to yeah. listen anyway, cause he's usually been yeah, so, on it. So yeah. So Chris is always is always good for a listen, but um, I, I guess, I, it's just life happens. Like life happened the past year. Uh, some bad stuff, some good stuff. Uh, I know, like I wasn't really into the swing of hockey off the bat in October. Just dealing with uh, personal family stuff, and then I don't know. It just we. I, I got a puppy, you, you, Chris got serious and bought a house. And then it's like work and life. And then it's, I'm just glad we don't have um, any sponsors or anyone to hold us to any responsibility. Anyone to, to hold us to the fire there. <laughs> I feel like the last year has like, there's still been COVID, which very notably uh, both Chris and I got COVID in to kick off the new year which was one of the few times that I think we had tentatively been planning to record. And then. Oh yeah. Couldn't. There have been times. It wasn't then, for lack of time. I think we had a couple times where we were like, let's do it. And then just like crazy extenuating and then, circumstances like, happened. Anytime we, we decided we were going to record, like somebody related to the podcast got COVID. Um, yeah. But for the most part, like the, the more serious strains have started to sort of, fade away in favor of more of like a traditional flu season type malady, which has sort of created this, like this snowball effect where I feel like in the last year, like two of my best friends got married. One of them got married a month ago. uh, And another one is getting married next week. Um, I had bachelorette party for one of them, a bridal shower for her, uh, both weddings are not in the same city I'm in. Neither was the bachelorette party. You had some travel that you did with your girlfriend, yeah. I know. Um, like you said, you yeah. had some family stuff. Uh, Chris yeah. and I bought our house because yeah. we were finally able to like start doing stuff yeah. like that. And I feel like all this stuff that kind of got suspended in this weird way for almost essentially two years there, it yeah. just as soon as people were able to start doing it, it just they were like, we will do it now. And so the last year's just been like, I don't think I've ever been this tired in my life. And it's, it's almost just been because it seems like everything is everyone's playing catch up and it's just, yeah, I'd say from, from this summer, from last summer to this summer, it's been like almost like a full year of people trying to like, just, it's been, it's, it's been insane just with people being busy, like, as you mentioned, and, um, speaking of weddings, I don't think we've recorded since, um, our producer, 
Max got married. He got he got married. I, I can't remember the exact date, and he, he'll kill so, me for this. So we did. But we recorded. Did we? Well, he was on his honeymoon. We recorded a crossover <laughs> episode with the Brews and Bruins and then made oh. him edit and upload it on his honeymoon. <laughs> no. Wait. I think we I think we waited that? until he got back, but like, yeah, we we recorded while he was did he, um did he edit? I, I well I think he at least me. uploaded it for us. If not, we we had Cam pinch it for us, but yeah, definitely Oh, I think that's what happened. Cam right Cam did it cuz he, he was away, but um I I just I I want to say, uh, fuck, I'm, I'm trying to look up the date of his wedding, but I just to probably... Weren't you in it? Like, weren't you there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of his best friends <laughs> since, <they're> best. <laughs> <laughs> since we were five years old. Uh, it was in October. It was in October. I'm I'm, I'm such a boner. Uh, it was in October. I knew it was during, I knew it was during football season because after, after the wedding, we, like, we all, uh, the next day we watched, like, the Jets and Giants game. He, he, beautiful wedding uh, down in... Uh, um martha's vineyard so it, it was it was nice it was my first time there and it's just uh congratulations to max who you know always is very helpful and uh with editing our, our podcast so and so on we both love so it just uh, we've we never i don't know if i even congratulated him on that the crossover podcast back in uh, october so it, i almost a year later i I'm saying it now one year here, later so. we're letting all the listeners know uh, that one of the three of us is gotten married we are now 30 yeah. percent more married uh congrats yeah. to max 33.3 percent more married yes yeah um yeah and you know it, it's funny you mentioned like the it, it was way easier to record like during covid and like during the bubble it was just because we had nothing yeah, to we do had fuck all to do yeah <laughs> yeah it's like oh i can i can uh stay up till 2 a.m recording like I don't give a fuck I exactly nothing I have else. nothing else to do when I get up life was meaningless eat at Arby's yeah. um I think our first episode was the trade deadline of 2020 and then like two or two a month after that or whatever the, the I think it down, was so. either our second or third episode we ended up recording uh, the night yeah. that the Canucks canceled their game yeah after Rudy Gobert uh like wiped out the NBA and yeah we then had to like we were wondering whether or not games would be canceled in the nhl and the coyotes canucks game got canceled and so i think we recorded that night and and then um, there, no, and then it was I, no more well we did i know during that during that off period we had a lot of cool interesting like some hockey non-hockey guests uh come on and i'm sorry i i should have asked you this before the the podcast but i know matt shot with someone we had on this podcast and he passed away recently someone close to you do you, do you just want to say a couple words about him because he was a magnificent magnificent person yeah and, he was and he was one of our i'm best sorry to put you on interviews no he was a. Uh, that's right we haven't recorded since uh yeah and yeah he spoke for so, he spoke so eloquently on twitter and yeah he, yeah he he listened to us, which was wild, because um, nobody should have listened to us. I, no disrespect to your girlfriend, <laughs> your mom, and Chris. Um, but um, yeah, he uh, he was one of our better interviews. He was my first boss with the Coyotes, um, and unfortunately, we lost him to cancer um, two weeks before Christmas, which was yeah, the little unexpected uh not because we didn't know that he was sick but because it declined fairly quickly um yeah 
Yeah. But that was, uh, which shouts to Craig Morgan and Steve Peters and Leah Merrill, by the way, who uh, had a really, really good memorial for him on the uh, on the Phoenix Sports, um, like their their live show. Um, I got to take time off of my other job to go and sit with that panel and sort of talk about the legacy of what shot had done, which uh, unfortunately he didn't get to see it happen, but the women's uh, Kachina's program actually got to move up to tier one, which was awesome. Um, Which, I mean, he started the Kachina's, I think we interviewed him for the podcast in 2020. um, Right. As he was announcing the opening of, uh, a rink that would be like the home rink for the Kachinas. And uh, up to that point, they really hadn't had their own rink. They'd been working essentially piggybacking off of some of the boys programs and within essentially a five year span of starting the program, which he'd been working on it for going on 10 or 12 years at that point. But uh, they managed to go tier one and the best, to, to the best of what I've seen so far, I mean, they've been tearing it up. Um, they've been doing an incredible job. They've had That's a great. couple of girls commit to collegiate programs, um, which for hockey in the desert, which has been a, a whole story. I think we need a whole separate episode <laughs> for, for whatever the fuck's been going on here. Um, I mean, if nothing else, regardless of what the Coyotes have been going through, I mean, girls hockey in Arizona has just been sharply rising for the last half decade, essentially. And that is, I would say exclusively because of what he did. Oh yeah. I mean, when we had him on, he was, it was something he growing the game, especially for girls was something he was very passionate about. And, um, I mean, you, I, I only did the interview once with him, but I just, I remember it was it was really I really like talking to him and I'm always scared I'm going to ask a dumb question and like he never he didn't make me feel like any question we asked was like a dumb question and that's cool and like because I, I I thought it, like I think uh, I thought it was someone was really cool like he's trying he's worked with the Coyotes he's trying to grow you know grow the game and uh, I'm sure that's something he's very proud of, uh, with how well that program is doing. And I'm glad that we got to interview him while he was still with us. And I'm glad that you got to go to that tribute and sit on that panel. And I- I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but I, I no, feel like it was something is... that it was nice to, it's nice to remember him, um, for our four listeners. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's nice to, to look back on that um because yeah. it wasn't a great year for the coyotes in general like on and off the ice um sure i will sure. say that i at some point next year i hope we'll be able to have shot successor on um zach Azumi, who Uh-oh. was actually a colleague of mine when i worked with the coyotes in hockey development um he at the time was uh, most of us were working other jobs as well because it was really just coaching at clinics and, you know, I was doing writing as well. And Zumi was working at Benihana um, as a, like as a chef at Benihana while also coaching hockey. And he'd played growing up. He'd 
been a huge fan of the Kings and had been really good buddies with Shot growing up and had been asked, you know, hey, will you come back and coach? Because, I mean, Shot had essentially, he would DM you on Twitter. He would email you if he saw your email. If he had a friend who he knew, you knew, he'd say, yo, can I have their number and cold call people and yeah. say, hey, uh, I, I'm, this is my vision do you want to come work for me? Which is wild. Yeah. I mean, in, yeah. in hockey, you, that, that just doesn't happen. That, no, I mean, that doesn't happen. And I don't think it doesn't happen anything. in any, anything. And yeah. Yeah. he, he did that with Zumi who had actually had this really complicated relationship with hockey and had actually kind of sort of washed his hands of the game at that point and hadn't played in a couple of years. And shot sort of coaxed him back into coming out. He was like, you know, I need people to, that are really good with just the energy and the passion for kids and zoom was like yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know if that's me like i i'm not in love with hockey anymore it hasn't done a lot for me and shot said you know i i bet you'll be fun though like you're you're an entertainer at heart and so zoomy came out and ended up really enjoying the job and ended up making a career out of it and he's now assumed that role for the coyotes and wow. has been working with the kachinas and is doing some really good things there uh, in Shot's place. And it's a, it's a different kind of path to getting there because Shot always knew that that's kind of how he wanted to go about like cementing a legacy. Yeah. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to have uh, Zach on to talk about what, what he's doing moving forward with it because um, nobody yeah, needs to hear anything about what the Coyotes are doing moving forward, which... We'll get to the the sadness that is them. We we are recording this on draft lottery night, um, and they lost again. So <laughs> they, did they fall back a spot? Yeah, they they they're, they're drafting third. <gasps> okay, yeah. Well, sorry, we will get. I, so we'll, I, honestly, we'll get. Actually, let's. I'm going to shift up a little bit of what we're because yeah. I I took notes. Uh, I'm showing Mikey that I actually wrote notes down for maybe the third time recording um i was initially going to have us do a playoff rundown first but the draft lottery happened uh i think at this point it was four hours ago four and a half hours yeah. ago um and yeah. i believe montreal won let me double check but i am fairly confident that montreal uh won the draft lottery and um the new jersey devils i believe are picking second because fuck knows they haven't had enough top picks in the last five years they moved up. They moved yeah up. let me let me oh, double check the on. draft order <laughs> it, it makes me want to just like put my head through a wall nhl draft lottery let's see yeah so devils are picking second which means yeah montreal canadians are picking first coyotes are picking third um it's I I don't even I have I have no thoughts I have no words. <laughs> I guess I guess the point of that is what like is it is it did they change the odds and stuff like that? I think they I think they shifted them around a little bit. I don't whatever the odds are. I know that the Coyotes have never picked in the top two. Um, they have picked third twice. Um, and for their efforts they have drafted um kyle Turris. we know how successfully he played in arizona um spoiler he didn't um and dylan strome 
when they could have had Mitch Marner. So I'm sure they'll pick the best player available because they have a long storied history of picking the best player available at third overall. Um, right. And it's, it's whatever. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't believe that. Did, yeah. did they, did they finish with the worst record or a second to worst? No, record? I think Montreal finished with the worst record, yeah. um, which is, I think that's a, a storyline in itself for another day. Uh, I think we'll have to have someone from Montreal on to unpack what happened <laughs> there. Um, yeah. I mean, they lost, uh, they lost Carrie Price, but that's it. Yeah. They finished with three fewer wins than the Coyotes. Well, they also, I mean, three. Price and then Shea, Shea Weber, who were both huge uh, on that run last year. They but, had three fewer wins than the Coyotes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's um, although along those lines, the Coyotes had as many wins as the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, oh, I forgot about them. Were they picking fourth? Uh, I believe Seattle is. Um, yeah, I I didn't take a look. Um, I was supposed to follow the draft lottery. I'll spoil for everyone. I didn't. Um, I didn't either. And we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to a three cheers for goaltender interference, a podcast uh, hosted by Michael Radigan and Kat Silverman. Um, You might be wondering why we're abruptly restarting here. Um, As our four listeners might know, um, the two of us are very grossly technologically challenged um, when it comes to podcast specifically podcast related (laughs) technology um and so (laughs) even though both of us are uh, capable of doing other things with technology like we somehow just cannot figure out podcasting and so we used skype in the year of our lord 2020 through 2021 And now we're using Zoom. Didn't realize that the free Zoom is only 40 minutes. Um, And then panic. Yeah, this next part is going to be a tight 40. Don't worry. Like just absolutely panicked. Um, And so, yeah, so here we are. Um, So we're back. We we left off. We discussed the draft a little bit. Yeah, we discussed the fact that it is Montreal going uh, draft. Montreal will get to select first, uh, then New Jersey, who uh, have, they got Jack Hughes, um, and they also have Nico Heischer, um, which I'm, with that kind of run of bad luck, uh, I mean, they, God knows they needed another top two draft pick. Um, Oh, weird, somebody else is connecting. Wow, how did that happen? Um, Get him out of here. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) um i'm not gonna get anyone out of here uh don't worry um although i will kick them out if they don't have video uh you have to have video in this in this podcast um that is audio only um but yeah the coyotes are drafting third that's the only thing that matters um i don't even know who's supposed to be third it's kind of sad 
Philly? Uh, what? Is it Philly? No, I mean like prospect wise. I have no idea. Oh, I haven't looked at the I haven't looked at the draft lists. I, I just know that I don't, I don't Arizona um, was kind of banking on having that first overall pick. Um Yeah, that's how it and goes. They won't when have it. So yeah, I mean that's 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 the risky run when when you you know, when you tank, when you strip when you it down. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like they did the wrong thing. Like, that's that's their prerogative, and you can't, like, that's just, like, bad luck with the fucking ping pong ball. Like, that's, I mean, shit just happens. Um, it, it sucks. It, it's it's rough. Um, Chris, do you want to say anything? <laughs> so I just got a text. Um, Chris's browser froze. Um, oh. We invited Chris Gear uh, from the International Space Station to join, um, and he entered and then immediately had his browser freeze. So maybe he'll oh, be here, okay. maybe not. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, it's, so, it is where it is. Yeah, draft lottery but, makes I, I people mean, mad I, every year. Yeah, um, it makes people mad. I, I always get. I always just have a weird like. I, I find the rankings when people like write rankings and stuff of prospects, it kind of, it's like, excuse me out a little bit. Cause they're all like 17 and 18 year old kids. And people are like, this guy's going to be a bust. And it's like, they treat them talking? like cattle, which is always yeah, kind of like, weird. What the fuck are we talking about? These are like children where, but uh, the, the lottery itself. Yeah. I just, um, I, I, I checked where the Islanders, Islanders are picking like 13th or somewhere. Yeah, and then they're I, couldn't, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't even, care who i was like okay and then uh especially when i was walking the dog i'm like whatever and then i just like uh went about my business um but i mean yeah montreal get the first run i don't even know who's the the what's the guy's name that's supposed to be the first round pick i don't even know I believe this is the owen power draft year no Owen power already got drafted didn't he um oh yeah that was last year I'm uh, this. I, this shows just how I, just how how much I've been paying attention at this point. Um, I don't know. All right, who cares? I don't it's, care. Let's, I don't move, care. Let's move on. Let's this move is, on this to, is why people listen to us for hockey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's looking. Let's let's move on to something way more interesting that uh, the Coyotes the are not a part of, and the Islanders are not a part of, which is the playoffs. Um, which I will go ahead and say it. Um, I believe all of us had the Islanders like winning the regular season. Yeah. And yeah. a mean, few of us had the Islanders winning the Stanley Cup. I had I had the Islanders beat. I grew a set for the first time in my life when I came. I didn't. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna jinx them. Like, because jinxes aren't real. This won't backfire. <laughs> and I had I had the Islanders beating the Winnipeg Jets, and I could have not been more wrong. You you um, literally couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, that I mean, because I think I, I'll be, we'll, cool. we'll touch we'll touch the Islanders. A touch on the Islanders. Um, I know Chris had a question, so we'll touch on that a little later. Uh, if time if the time allotted allows us, but uh, yeah, it was a it was just a weird unlucky season, and um. I, I don't know know if it was necessarily a regression thing. I think it was just more of a, a weird uh, COVID and schedule. But we'll get to that. And the Coyotes had a rough year themselves too. And uh, I feel like they did better than expected because they 
so I think initially they planned to just retool. Um, and then Philip Grubauer sort of gave them this incredible opening to, uh, to tank yeah. and fully rebuild um, because they saw a Darcy Kemper under contract for another year. He was still doing yeah. pretty, he was injury prone, but he was doing pretty well. They signed uh, Colorado had to give up a haul for him. Yeah. They signed, they'd signed Carter Hutton to be his backup. Um, and yeah. then Philip Grubauer unexpectedly uh, signed with Seattle as a free agent. Yeah. Um, he didn't even yeah. like, he didn't even get traded. Um, he just, yeah, he, he, just left. He, he dipped. Um, and so all of a sudden, you know, Colorado had had no starting goaltender. Pavel Francouz hadn't played a game in I don't even know how long. Um, it had been, I think, over a calendar year at that point. Um, and so Arizona had this incredible opportunity to just take advantage of it and get some really good picks for for Kemper and get get a decent player. And so they did. And it I think it worked out in their favor because they I think they picked something like 20 times this year it's a little like they truly have just an unbelievable haul of of picks um including the ones that they got from uh from the islanders for taking on the the andrew ladd contract andrew ladd. Yeah, um they, get a, they got like they, a second or a second they got him for free like they they gave nothing up yeah. they they got a second and then a conditional second and a conditional third um, I don't know what's going to be triggered or not triggered with those. Um, cause I didn't look up the details recently yeah. when I was trying to figure, I think some of it was playoff contingent. Um, so we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they got picks for that. I believe they got Shane Gostas bear for, if not next to nothing for nothing, um, got picks yeah. there too. Um, he's still under contract, so they have additional, um, flexibility there. They can trade him next year if they need to. Um, they took on some kind of weird contracts from the Vancouver Canucks, but that are coming off the books pretty quickly and got rid of the Oliver Ackman Larson contract, which I was really hoping that was going to be a great fresh, fresh start for OEL. It has not proven. Yeah, I think so. I think his decline. Uh, um, it, it seems like it was pretty permanent there. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. Which, yeah, it, it is what it is. That happens sometimes. It's It reminds me a lot of um, what happened with, uh, like with David Booth and with Dave Boland and players like that who just something goes kind of wonky and something goes sideways and they take a precipitous decline. Um, it happens. But, uh, yeah, they, they were given this opportunity to really tank and amass picks, um, which is cool. Um, it wasn't super fun to watch, but they performed better than Montreal, which was a team that did not plan to tank. And they also equaled Philadelphia in wins. And that's a team that, gave up a player to them in hopes of it making them more competitive. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that was kind of a best case scenario for Arizona. Cause they, they planned to be bad this year. Um, yeah. But um, so. But yeah, looking on, at teams that didn't plan to be bad uh, teams that planned yeah. to be good. Um, a couple, a uh, couple storylines we, 
wrote down to look at. Um, you said the Blues and Wild have tied it up now. Um, no, Blues are up four two now. So Blues are up four two. You assume if you assume that score holds, uh, Blues will be up three two in the series, and I, I could see that going seven. I can see that, has, yeah. That just has seven written on it, but um, and I, I really like the Wild. I thought, I thought, I felt like I'd be kind of shocked if they, not shocked, but I, I feel like they could have gave, they could give Colorado a run for their money in that division in that part of the bracket. But you know, I, I Mark Andre Fleury they traded for, and they have they have stability with him and uh, Cam Talbot and that. Um, but yeah, they they've. And I think I think they're at home and they're losing four to two, which is uh, yeah, they're losing. They're that game's in Minnesota. And it's four to two in the third, so they gotta twelve minutes. They gotta get going. But uh, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. It's uh it hasn't oh, been, it's so. By the way, I just got a a text from Chris who um texted me and said that he needs me to unmute him. Um. <laughs> which I don't know how that's a thing. Um, ask to start video. Somehow Chris is incapable of like being a part of this recording. It's truly <laughs> wild. Um, but yeah, I, Minnesota was not, not a boring team, but they've- Oh, here we go. Been, oh, we found Chris. <laughs> Hi, uh, welcome Chris Gear. So. We normally have four Un- listeners on this podcast. We're only going to have three because Chris is now Un- a part of it. Um, I'll listen to it because I wasn't wasn't part of the first half or whatever. In the first half, so we're we're currently talking about um, the Wild and the Blues and how I feel like the Wild are normally like kind of a boring team to watch, and this year they uh, looked more <laughs> exciting. Like they were actually a fun team to watch for once, and they're doing in the playoffs kind of what they normally do in the regular season for me. And they don't even have Alex Stalock to make it fun. Um, Is this the Blues or the Wild? No, the Wild, who are the the least Wild team ever. Um, Yeah, but they they have some, I think, because they've they've always been like that generic team that makes the playoffs but never does anything. And they don't have any like exciting players, I feel like, for the longest time. But now they have... uh, uh, I, I don't, Kirill I Caprice yes, thank you. <laughs> and uh, uh, about the only person uh, who watched hockey this year, Kevin Fiala, Kevin Fiala, those are the two guys, and they, they're gonna probably have to end up moving Fiala maybe in the offseason because of cap issues, but that will be interesting. I like Matt Dumba, like, I, there's some guys I like on, but they've, I agree, they've always been a kind of boring playoff team, but I thought this year maybe they'd, they'd be able to give the abs, you know, some some issues maybe in the next round that might not happen Um, i mean if they i think if they make it to the next round it it gives the avs some issues because uh darcy kemper is allergic to stopping the puck against the minnesota wild um he he came absolutely unglued playing against them on multiple occasions uh especially with arizona and so Speaking of Darcy Kempner, I, I think this is the most weirdest year for goalies. And this year's a, been a shit show for goalies. I, I, have, I, have no not, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a record, but I feel like more the teams have had 
more than one goalie be their start. Like teams have switched between goalies so much. Like, uh, like the Hurricanes had to do it. The Bruins had to do it. Um, the Blues switched start. You mean in the start. playoffs? In the playoffs, excuse yeah. me, in the playoffs. Yeah. Well. And this, you know, most playoff series have only been four or five games. And we've had, I feel like teams used at least two goalies. Uh, th- throughout. Yeah, whether, whether for, you know, poor play or injuries. Play, poor and... play or and injuries, yeah. Seems like, like it's um, been kind of, yeah, a nice healthy mix we of had, both. We have, we've had multiple teams go to their third goalie because of injury. Uh, yeah, put well, some I respect mean, on Pyotr Kakachov's name. Well, Penguins. Uh, the Vikings. Penguins and the Hurricanes both had to go oh, to their third goalies because yeah. uh, Jari, Jari was injured with, uh, going into the series. <laughs> and yeah. Casey DeSmith got injured mid-series. Uh, and... Preds had to use that kid, the kid from the AHL because after Dave Riddick got lit up and uh, the, the first... Big save was, Dave did not make Oh, a... yeah, I guess that's three teams having to go to their third goalie. Who, but here's the thing. Who could have predicted David Riddick struggling in the playoffs when in the game leading up to the playoffs he went to make a big save and then got so excited making the save that he ran smack into his own post and like just fell on the ground (laughs) I don't think anyone would have predicted David Dave Riddick having a struggles in the playoffs because i think everyone would have predicted uc saros being the goal in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, that was, that's so true yeah if you that's... had asked me before the series what team dave riddick played for i would have guessed something in russia yeah i, I mean what do you have that run on the flames right when yeah they, he was he was pretty good for the flames for a year when when he basically bailed mike smith out um when mike smith struggled with both poor play and injury um and then when they signed jacob markstrom uh no i think it was cam talbot first who ended up sort of edging riddick to being like a firm number two and then when jacob markstrom came along he became pretty healthily relegated to being like the backup backup guy and uh ended up leaving altogether which good for him um i mean it seems like he's he he got to play in the playoffs i think that's yeah. i'm sure he's he excited about that he's he, he's he competitive like, but yeah yeah shows um, that little uh that little like musical chairs that the uh alberta teams did with their goalies that yeah that they do that with, with talbot yeah. and mike smith and whatnot talbot, it's, it's I don't like the it. two of them and the coyotes uh in actually the three of them it's the two alberta teams in vancouver because there was jacob markstrom uh mike smith cam talbot all just sort of rotating around and it's like if one team couldn't figure it out with that guy another team within the same division was like maybe it'll work for us yeah totally <laughs> yeah i think which i think go ahead i was gonna say which we're we're kind of seeing in a i i know i was talking with Chris during I believe it was game four for the Bruins and the Hurricanes watching Jeremy Swayman and Auntie Ranta um and I was like man this series has like incredible goaltending it's so unfair that it's so lopsided that this series has that 
And then we've got a series in the West that has Jonathan Quick doing whatever the hell he does. And then Mike Smith doing whatever the hell he does. And they're just like trading off on nights that they just like absolutely shit the bed. So you've got good goaltending in one division and then in one conference. And then in the other, it's like, we'll see what happens tonight. So... So yeah, speaking of that series, the King, Kings are up three one, and that's in Game Five, a series. So series tied two two. Kings are up three one in Edmonton. Um, Love that. Edmonton has uh, not gotten a lot of. It doesn't look like a lot of opportunities on Quick, but looking at his playoff stats, how's he doing? Who Jonathan yeah. Quick? Yeah, he's very average. You're right. He's below. He's average. been doing pretty. He had a game where he looked like garbage, and then. Or no, he had a game where he looked okay, and then they put in Cal Peterson. He looked real bad. And Mike Smith recorded a shutout. But in the game before that, Mike Smith had, like, gone behind the net and passed the puck instead of, like, out to the boards. He passed it up the middle to the other team, made a stop on it, allowed a rebound, and allowed a goal on that, which is, like, peak Mike Smith. Um, And it seems like he struggled again during their last game. Uh it's, You're going to be very surprised. Mike Smith right now in the playoffs, I don't, I'm, I don't think it's including this game, but he's a 942 save percentage. I'm not that surprised by that because he had a shutout. That's um, true. That's true. That, that, a real that pads the stat. Yeah, I, I, don't I, know if there's, was, I don't know if there's a, a goalie matchup in in the league right now that has like a wider disparity in like names. Like... Mike Smith is the most <laughs> average generic name. And Jonathan <laughs> Quick is like the best name you can have as a goalie. Jonathan Quick sounds like like a, like a TV show that would be on the Disney Channel. Like the famous <laughs> That's Jet what they Jack would name their goalie. Yeah, like Jonathan Quick. Like, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. Very lame name Mike Smith has. I definitely, very boring. Cal Peterson is also boring. Um and then there's yeah. Miko Koskinen. Yeah, Cal Peterson in a, in a very different way is very boring. Cal Peterson sounds like he's going to sell you insurance. I think okay, I Cal think Pe- Cal Peterson sounds like he plays lacrosse for like a prep Cal school Peterson. in Massachusetts. Do you guys watch Euphoria? No. Yes. No. Okay, there's a ca- there's a character on Euphoria called I think his name is Cal Jacobson, and whenever oh, I hear Cal Peterson's name, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's don't right. don't break me like that. Wow. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Kings Oilers. Um, I don't know that that'll. I, I think people viewed the Kings as just like a young team happy to be there. I, I don't, I think a lot of people feel like the Oilers should, should be taking the series, but it doesn't seem like it's going to go that it's going that way right now, at least. Um, obviously it's hard to, it's, you know, it's game five. There could, these could series could go the distance, but uh, Kings, they, they've had a couple blow losses in the series to Oilers, but they've, they're about to win, go up three, two on them, which I think would be su- a surprise for a lot of people. I had them making it out of the first round because I don't trust Mike Smith. Well, let's see, you, you're. <laughs> I would be. I would be. I also don't trust Jonathan Quick. But... I, I would be worried about anybody who trusts Mike Smith or Jonathan Quick at this point. I mean, yeah. But the record show that Ken Holland signed a 39-year-old Mike Smith. It's a two-year, a two-year deal. Yeah, he signed him to a multi-year deal, which. 
I had an Oilers fan get real mad at me for make fun. I made fun of him for that. I was like, who does that? And they were like, Oh yeah, two years, multi-year. He, deal. he was coming off a like, like a nine thirty-five year that was definitely no. all skill and nothing. I think that was the year that he was coming off of a bad one. Cause he I believe he tanked a year. And then he either got hurt that next year or was like very average. Um uh, he was nine twenty-three last year. He didn't very sign bad. the this is the second of the two year deal though. Really? Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, time means nothing anymore, so that could be yeah, true. Yeah. But I'll be yeah, I think it's. I think this is the second of the two-year deal because. Let's see. Mike Smith is no, no. His, this is year second, one. Yeah, his second year is next year. The what? <laughs> he signed oh, beyond this year. See, because <laughs> if if he had signed a two-year deal as a 38-year-old, that would have been totally reasonable. (laughs) Uh, I'm interested to see what the contract is exactly. It is Um, a 2.2 million per deal. Yeah, so it's it's 2.5 next year in actual salary. Which is this interesting. Over 35 player was not given any performance bonus incentive. He was just given a flat salary. That is yeah, absolutely mind boggling to me. Like, even so, like when the Coyotes signed Shane Doan to like his last year, I feel like a lot of other older players do the same thing. Like, if they're nearing the end of their career, they'll sign a deal that's reasonable and base salary and then gets these nice performance bonuses so if they play really well like it costs the team more money but the trade-off is that they played really well and uh, ken holland was like nope regardless of what you do mike here is 2.2 million per merry christmas like i just i don't i don't get it i really don't he's given up three goals on 25 shots so he's not having a great I don't know if those goals are necessarily his fault or anything like that but it doesn't look like he was having the best game like he did in game two when it, or three whenever we were in that 15 he's not the worst game he's ever played but it's certainly not no. the best yeah yeah um okay any uh, what other series are intriguing you right now so we, we touched um, on St. Louis and Minnesota we touched on LA and Edmonton I think the the Leafs Bolt series is fascinating to me because you're gonna make me talk about the Leafs, bro. For for a hot second, yeah, just like a brief second here because so the Leafs are one of those teams that like they just they couldn't make it out of the first round, right? They've just year after year they've found a way to get in their own way, and they've been getting better and better every year, and still just managing to like screw it up in the playoffs and. Sure. Tampa Bay is a team that is also very, very good, but like at some point they have to fatigue. Right. And so I think we're kind of seeing that at this point because they're just not, they're not sustaining it. Like tonight, I know they were up and uh, on the back of William Nylander, the God, um, the Leafs came storming back. Um, I know they have the best player from Scarborough, Ontario um, since 
actually have the two best players from Scarborough, Ontario right now um, in Michael Bunting and Wayne Simmons. Um, shouts. Uh, oh. But I mean, that's a, that's a fun line. The Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Michael Bunting line is. Oh, it's, uh, it's so fun. I'm just genuinely so fun to watch. Um, Cause that's two guys who like to get a little feisty. Um, and one who is just an unbelievable playmaker with the two of them. And I, I'm not super confident in Toronto. I think until they have won the fourth game of the series, like I'm not going to have faith that they're going to move on to the second round, but they surprised me tonight. I thought they were done. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't look like Vasilevsky played his best either. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I know there were uh, the lightning were kind of pouring it on the the first especially the first period and then um you know kind of kind of they let up the goal in the in the second period and cut it to 2-1 and then they they looked like they just kind of fell apart in the third and um even though they were able to tie it towards the end and then they let you know Matthew scored later in the third and that's like uh, I mean he's he's the most pure goal scorer in the game right now there's nothing that guy's going to score like uh, but I don't know. Um, I, if you look at Vasilevsky's number after a loss, they're like, he doesn't lose after a loss in the playoffs. Every other game following a loss, I think he's won every single game after a loss in the playoffs. Uh, he has some absurd, I think he's 15 and 0 and with like a 940 save percentage after following the games following a loss. So if I was a betting man, and I absolutely am, I I, I like DraftKings sponsor has. I think uh, I think Tampa. I think they could they could tie it up in Game Six down in Tampa, and then this could go seven in Toronto, and then it's like anything goes. Um, but this was a huge this was a huge game for Toronto. This was for them to be able to come back, especially after. And it pains me so much to say that because I fucking hate Toronto. But they were able to they were able to come back after you know getting worked the first period, and that's that that might show growth for a team that's fine that may be getting over the hump. But Yada won seven, and as we know, the Leafs are can be allergic to that sometimes. It was four um, one. I'm also very, it was four one, and then it was also they're yeah. up three, they're up three to one last year on the Canadians. Um, I probably jinxed um, myself because when the Lightning went up to nothing, I tweeted out, "Everyone say bye bye to the Maple Leafs with the Harry Potter <laughs> waving," <laughs> and they promptly I ended up deleting the tweet. <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I no one deletes have... tweets more than you. I, no, I, I truly love it. I, sh- I showed Kat the uh, deleted tweet that you sent about uh, Paddington 2. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm, well, we can get into Paddington in another uh, podcast because I can go on about Paddington. <laughs> He's my guy now. But um... By the way, the Blues just scored again, and that game's okay. going to be over. So, so Blues go up 3-2. But I, I, I think... I, I think this game, partly because of me, is what puts the Leafs over the hump in terms of getting out of the first round. Maybe, um, but again, you, you have to go. You have to, we have a ten-minute warning already. What the fuck? <laughs> Thanks for having me All on, right. guys. This is the best podcast ever. Um, just okay. to to quickly move along. Um, I 
I wanted to briefly, like, I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to say, uh, Tony D'Angelo fucking sucks. Um, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. But I, I appreciate him right now because he got the entire hockey world to come together in support of Brad Marchand. Which yeah, that's pretty funny. So uh, hard to do. Yeah. Like, that's that takes skill. That takes being I'm, I'm, I'm giving him zero credit there and giving Brad Marchand all the credit. Because um, really the only credit you can give to Tony D'Angelo is for being racist. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh no credit to tony dean he like he doubled down on it though i feel like if he like if brad martian was coming after because because that's his thing right brad martian likes to get in people's faces and say things to try and antagonize them and uh, instead of moving past it tony d'angelo then went and unloaded his diaper i guess uh as the game went on he he got big matter uh which fuck him um but i really thought i uh, I really thought um after game four of that series just watching how tony d'angelo acted um i i I was i said to my friends in a group chat i I was like that's a wrap for the hurricanes because i think the you gotta stop saying this stuff yeah i'm blaming that on you (laughs) tony d'angelo scored a goal on the power play like he had an assist on the power play too i think the Bruins, uh, the, those two games in Boston, they, they, like, the Hurricanes just, like, the Bruins got in their head, I thought. I thought the Bruins, like, played the, the game they wanted to play. They Yeah, you could have said the same thing after game two, though, uh, with the Hurricanes, just like that. Yeah, I think both I teams are great at home. Like, both teams do a very good job of playing in front of their home crowds. Who, who did D'Angelo cross-check in the face uh, on Sunday? That was, it was a sweet Zod. child. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, it was somebody really Zod. sweet. So after that, and then like just watching Lazar being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like I was like, "Okay, that's." I'm like, Bruins are winning this series just because they like they're they're calm, they're cool, collected. They're watching. They're like Tony D'Angelo getting pissed off, cross checking dudes in the face. Like, um, but you know they go back to Boston Game Six, and you know that that's not going to be an easy closeout. So, so I think part I, of it is. Uh... The Hurricanes got on Tiranta back tonight. Um, yeah, which that's, that's helpful. I, I'm game still not confident. Four, right? What? Was he back for game four? Yeah, I thought he played last game. He played last game, but then he got like kind of hurt during it at one point. He got he got right. run a second time, not not intentionally. And then after that, allowed essentially all the goals that led to Boston winning. And history has shown that sometimes when that happens he'll miss a game or two for just a minor tweak um and he didn't and he looked like he was fully healthy and looked very good um but he's he's very injury prone we've already seen him miss time in this series and I don't know when Freddie Anderson is supposed to come back if at all during this series I know he was supposed to miss the start I don't know if he's gonna come back um and he is a notoriously slow starter. Um, it was like a consistent thing when he was in Toronto. The fans would just be irate because he'd start every season like atrociously slow. Um, and then he would sort of get into the rhythm of things and get really hot. But if he comes in after missing too many consecutive games for injury, I can see 
that not going super well um, and them kind of wanting to stick with Ronta, which I don't know how fatigued he's going to be playing back to back to back to back starts, which he really hasn't had to do. And really since the Coyotes lost Darcy Kemper down the back half of the season, I think it was three years ago at this point. Um, but yeah, I think uh, every season, every series that I thought was going to go really smoothly has not um which is a sign that i don't know anything um yeah no one's ever it's hockey we don't know anything i don't know anything i know absolutely nothing um one one thing i will say about this series uh that since i wasn't on my own podcast this week i need to get off my chest um (laughs) i I you didn't get it off your chest when you beamed in from the international space station from um, our house (laughs) yeah i didn't uh thanks for listening to our podcast Catherine. um (laughs) (laughs) i don't i try not to harp on officiating because in general it is bad in all directions and so most most of the time you'll see pretty equally both fan bases complaining about the officiating and most times it evens out man this has been wild like the the on like the in play calls have been basically what i just described the after the whistle calls have been absurd it's anytime there's a little scrum the bruins end up a man down uh which which is surprising somehow rod brindamore has been like incredibly upset about the officiating on his end oh yeah that's right which is incredible. he he cries between games and gets he incredible. incredible he cried for like an hour on sunday after the game that's why yeah. i was like another reason why i'm like i'm like these guys are fucking mad like, <laughs> <laughs> these losers these guys are <laughs> my god uh, mikey what have you done um yeah <laughs> I, I had a, I had a real rough time uh with you with the officiating in the first two games and especially with the officiating in tonight's game that you know um, and that is crazy with the the post scrum stuff because in the playoffs it's just like i've they, seen it's every, it's every i've also seen scrum. no video evidence like of any actual infractions that the brew like it, it, sometimes it'll be like oh yeah, yeah okay that was like he punched him in the face with a club like i guess you can't really do that um although we yeah. have seen evander kane try to rip somebody's eye out he didn't get a penalty for it so uh <laughs> i mean it's, it's absurd like consistency is always Derek forward went over to max domi and wanted to rough him up a little bit and i i absolutely empathize with that um <laughs> and they both did a little bit of roughing they didn't really throw any punches or anything and then somehow Derek forward got a penalty yeah, and of course that's... they scored on the power play and by then the bruins were done yeah, that's always, that's like, oh man, sorry, I was watching that. Yeah, that's always um, that's just a momentum killer, especially for like a post whistle. Like, I I'm just shocked that they uh, they 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 call that, especially in the playoffs. Usually, it's you let them be rough in the playoffs, right? Like, that's that's what people have complained about that they don't call anything in the playoffs, and then now this you're this official's like, no, 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 I got this, yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, I will no. make the calls for you. They don't, they don't, they, yeah, <laughs> it's um, all right. We got it. We got ninety seconds left. So, uh... um, we did get a few listener questions. One of them was from 
Chris, so we're ignoring it. Um, I don't even remember what he asked at this point. Oh, he asked. (laughs) uh, Most interesting place Barry Trouts could end up. Uh, Okay. NBC. Do do I? No, not NBC. Sorry, ESPN. TNT. He's taking the year off. He's taking the year off. I. I want to see him with uh, Charles Barkley. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, there's, I'm gonna like need a, more than a minute to talk about Barry. Yeah, Trotsky. for sure. <laughs> but all I'll say was like I was very shocked. Um, he he's a great coach and he's an even better person and he really in, in, uh, endeared himself to a fan base that needed it, especially after their captain left in 2018. And uh, he was he was the perfect guy to come in and like he will always be loved by Islander fans. I was shocked when I first heard the news. Uh, whatever morning was it yesterday morning or two mornings ago. But the more I read about it and more like I'm seeing sources, uh, sources being quoted in articles, it sounded like it was a decision that was made after exit interviews with the players. And I'm guessing maybe his just his style has gone stale with that team. And we'll be right back after this short break. Okay, so we I got cut off there because we we don't we're punk rock. We don't pay for Zoom. We just use the free uh, <laughs> the free thing. And I believe I was babbling about Barry Trotz getting fired. So um, you were. Like I said, it, it was it was a, it was a big shock, especially for a coach that had that much probably the most success with the Islanders since they won four Stanley Cups in a row thirty five years ago or 40 years ago, excuse me. Um, but yeah, again, reading reading more quotes from sources, it sounds like um, this was, um, I kind of believe that maybe the, the players did need a new voice. Um, he had one year left on his contract. I, I, I would have just given him another sh- crack at it if I was like running the team, but and it was, a, it was a really weird year for the Islanders. Uh, they they started with a 13-game road trip, and then every roster player at some point this season got COVID. It's every single one of them. So it's That's like, wild. And then they played 30, because of, like, cancellation stuff, they played 30 games in 45 nights. And, like, so, like, at, at some point... Weren't they point on the road time, for the first, like, 10 weeks, too, or something crazy like that? 13 games. They had a 13-game road trip to, to start. And, they, they and that's so hard. hard. That's really yeah, it's hard, and so they like survived that, and um, you know, uh, there's one point where they they were like they were behind the Capitals for the last playoff spot by 20 points, but they had 10 games in hand on them. Like I've never seen a team have 10 <laughs> in hand on another team. That's ab- absurd. So even if you're like, well, they can technically make up that ground, that they're playing, they had to play 30 games in 45 nights. So it was like, it was like an impossible thing. And they still ended up finishing like right outside that, like in ninth place. So it was like, it, that was almost a feat itself. I feel like if they didn't have the crazy circumstances, they would have been a playoff team. albeit one that probably would lose in the first round. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm sad he's gone and I'll really appreciate like two back-to-back uh, conference finals runs was a lot of fun. And I think he's, he's thinking about taking a year off. He kind of hinted at that. Um, he just had a lot of personal stuff going on. His mother passed away this year. Uh, he mentioned his daughter was getting married. So like, but he, he was someone that endeared himself to the fan base and he'll definitely be missed. It's going to be a really big off season for the Islanders now. If it wasn't before they had their good, 
they're going to have to retool their roster a bit um, because uh, they're still going to try to compete and then they got to find a coach. I mean, there's, I, I think there's a couple decent ones out there. I, I like uh, Claude Julian. Uh, I think Paul Maurice could be decent. And then they also have, let me tell Lamp. you if, if that group was sick of Barry Trotz and his bullshit, <laughs> I, I can't see them enjoying uh, Claude Julian. Uh, yeah, no, I, no, I, Barry, he, see Lulu Lamorello maybe liking Claude Julian, Barry, I, but well, I don't. Is, I think the problem with I think probably some of the problem is that the younger Islander players have not grown how like have not um, developed how, how they should have, especially some of their forwards like Anthony Beauvillier, Oliver Wallstrom, Barzell had a career low in points this year, so like it, the offense, which has always been an issue with Islanders but it has kind of become it, it it's become stagnant and it's, it's an issue now you know if they get a new coach will they still be as defensively strong on defense and in goaltending i think they'll be okay i mean i i think they those guys aren't going to forget how to play or what they've learned in trots's system so uh you know and so they, they have a piggybacking on that real quick i with Barry Trotz gone, do you think they'll be able to keep Mitch Korn? No, he were to, he left. He he left. Uh, he, I think he he left before uh, Trotz left. So, uh, or maybe it was uh, Greco who left. I can't. Yeah, I can't Pierre remember. Greco left, but yeah. Mitch Korn uh, was still there. Um, reports yeah, today he's... said that it sounds like he. He's denying that it would be related to Barry Trotz leaving, but I mean, they've been kind of a package deal in the sense yeah. that like they work, right? your coach has to work well with your goaltending coach and vice versa. And your system yeah. has to work with your goalies. And that's been a nice thing they've had I, going. And I don't know if he'll, do you think he'll stick around? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it, it like he's a fantastic goaltending coach and he's every year the Islanders have great goaltending. Um, Ilya Sorokin, I think, is going to be a Vezina finalist and he could have made an argument that he should have he should have gotten a couple votes or nods. Um, I, I think he's going to be very good for a very long time. Uh, you know, they Trotson, uh Korn left nashville and pico ryan still won a vesna after they left like i think i think they'll be okay in that department they have two very capable elias roken who i think is a star but kind of gets overshadowed because he plays in the same city as um your sister skin jesus christ and um varlamov who's like as steady as a veteran goaltender as you you'd want and with a lot of experience so i they'll be okay in that regard what's really they have to upgrade their a couple of their spots on defense and maybe get a, a goal scorer. So it's it's a pretty tall task. Um, you know, they've always they've always been linked to uh Chikorin uh out in um Arizona cat. So everybody's that, been like linked to Chikorin. Yeah. Everybody. I, yeah, I know. I and so it's crazy. Bruins are right it. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I forgot. I remember someone's like I, maybe it was Elliot Friedman or someone that was like, Arizona's asking for a bigger package than the than what Buffalo got for Eichel or something like that. And I'm, I'm like, no way. <laughs> what? <laughs> Although 
he's he's more he's plays defense and he's like he's got a great salary cap hit so any team that gets yeah he's him, got a like... great cap hit is young um yeah i mean he's he's got a relative amount of control in that situation um it sounds like he's not interested in sticking around for a long rebuild so i think they're probably going to evaluate what happens at the draft um see if they're oh, okay. able to able to take a step forward um next year and maybe become competitive again um but he did during exit interviews he 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 made some valid points you know he said you only get a certain window to play and you only get a certain window in which you're playing the best hockey of your life and ideally you want to make the playoffs during your best window which i think is fair i think a lot of players would i would say the same thing um so i think it'll depend on on what happens with that but i think depending on who the coach is for the in like on long island i think that's that's not the worst destination he could be sent to i think there are places that he would probably ask not to get sent um i don't necessarily think long island's one of them i think i think the goal i think the islanders are going to want to try to push their style of play will be to push the pace more and they'd want a guy like him or just more offense on the back end because that was really a huge issue uh this season so the coyotes have a very gently used shane gossis bear that'll probably be on the market I, I like Shane Goss's. He had a he had a monster year for a very not, bad team. He was nearly yeah. a point per game for close yeah. to two thirds of the season. He's only yeah, making like four and a half million dollars. Yeah, I and I, I believe that, that Philly ate a little bit of that cap hit too. Yeah, they did in order so, to uh, remain competitive. This, this I think this off season is going to be it's going to be nuts 16. in general, and it's going to be especially for the Islanders. But there, I think you're going to see. A forward, one of their forwards moved out or something. I, I think I think they'll try to make a deal with a, a maybe a team that's really close to the cap ceiling and needs to make moves. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. It'll be an interesting summer. But um, I I genuinely I, do wish Barry Trotz all the best because that guy rocked and he will like be a legend with the Islanders forever. So it was it was a bummer to see him go. I think the Coyotes could be persuaded to part with Jacob Chikrin for like a early second round pick and Matt Brazel. I think that would get it done. Slightly related. How does Pete DeBoer still have a job? <laughs> oh, it's my, that's my worry is that the Islanders hire someone like him. And I just like, the, he's like such a bozo. That guy. He's like, such a bozo. <laughs> he spent, he spent like the last, month of the season trashing his starting goaltender into getting surgery and then after he decided to get surgery continued to trash him um yeah oh, he, he wouldn't he would never he would never survive on long island because islander fans like adore robin leonard even though he was with them for a season like he's there everyone loves him too so yeah everyone should love him he's he's a he's i I think he's a really solid dude and I'm bummed out that <laughs> he just got trashed by his boss every day. <laughs> like that was, that was unbelievable. That's not a way to, 
watching Vegas slowly fall out, like free fall was, that was a beautiful thing to watch though. It was kind of funny. Yeah, they, they were a weird, that was, I feel like I didn't realize that there was so much just like widespread, not necessarily hate for Vegas, but just like, you know, no, no one's really rooting for them. I always thought like, yeah, that'd be cool if a, if a team that like genuinely goes for it every year and is like always trying to get better actually fucking won. <laughs> I think they would have had more goodwill um, if they didn't just absolutely pull the rug out from under Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury. We want to talk yeah. about like... Like Robin Leonard is one of those guys that everybody likes. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury is one of those guys that genuinely, yeah. Ev- yeah. I mean, he's a consent. I I would argue he's a consensus Hall of Famer at this point. Um, oh, absolutely. He's, I mean, Pittsburgh. At the time, it seemed like the right move, but they kind of did him dirty. Like he did everything they asked, and then they exposed him. And well, if you have Tristan Jari and Casey out, Smith, then. And they, Matt Murray. Like, well, Matt Murray, uh, the, the possibly... goalie of the future there. Um, but yeah, he like, I mean, he got he got kind of done dirty there and moved on to this new team. Really gave it his all, like both on and off the ice. He got really involved in the Vegas community, said that he would love to make that his new home, like retire there. And then they traded him with, what, one year left on, on his contract, Uh when it seemed likely that he was going to retire at the end of that year. Like who, who does that? Um, I, if well, he was making like seven and a half million dollars, something crazy like that, like they I, signed him to it. Like that's, that's on them. That's, that's on <laughs> I understand. Them. But that's, like, I, I thought that was, and he, I mean, he won the Vesna, right? Yeah. Sort yeah, of. But... Won the Vesna. <laughs> I, I do, and I do think, just go ahead. But I mean, I think that that made some fans of other teams. They were like, "Who does that?" And then, and then you know, they they weren't particularly kind to Robin Leonard this year. They, you know what, you know what else it is, and this is, this is becoming a league wide thing, is fucking team social media like i was gonna Twitter. say their social media i wasn't gonna wasn't gonna they get into that because we're on they, free they, zoom but i want them to i want you go back to like so true bestie yeah go go back to to tweeting normal Jesus like God. the islanders account just like tweets like normal stuff they tweet like what like if, if i have to they're lucky like, they like, have a twitter though the, the, the birds account tweets, way, tweets like, scores and graphics and that's yeah it. that's the same thing that the islanders do and i'm like okay or like i like i want to see the clip of the goal i don't want to see the preds like arguing with the hurricanes twitter account like this is the most corniest shit you need like to you all need to like take a step back here and like stop being so much like, so i I'm, think i I'll, I'll give a little pushback on that there because i think in established markets that social media has to be handled differently from in developing markets because you have, that's, that's per- I totally agree. I totally you have agree. casual fans in like on Long Island and in Boston and in Toronto, you have people who have grown up with these teams, just even if sure. they're not following the team closely, like they they're familiar with them. They know who they are. Like they're willing to go to games in newer, like in more non-traditional markets, you're still, you're still trying to in- 
catch the eye essentially you're essentially trying to catch the eye of people who will become your casual fans and totally I, right. I think that their social was a little smug and irritating and some people are a little delighted by the fact that they're not that they have to eat shit a little bit yeah (laughs) I think I think you're allowed to like oh no you're bad for the first time since you were formed like oh yeah Crimea River um I I totally agree and that's like that's a big part of marketing and getting new fans to the game I I definitely get that there there just has to be a better way than being so cringe about it (laughs) that's that's the thing is I think it's not effective for some of the teams like I think classic hockey has no personality so like any sort of personality stands out and yeah like it's it's kind of a feedback loop where like oh people like this all right let's give them all of this let's give it yeah Yeah. let's just it's too much turn it up to 11 on this and too much because i i think the biggest like the worst thing that happened to like the carolina hurricanes social media team is that people liked their social media team the first year that they started doing that and oh yeah they were just like all right people like this let's shove it down their throats yeah and yeah i think some people are more effective added than others because there are certainly teams that have social media that does that and they do it incredibly well i think uh which was it the devils who tweeted at someone telling them like nobody fucking cares or something one of the teams used profanity (laughs) to like own either a former athlete or an actor and it was very funny i was like oh oh they did that (laughs) But I think some of the teams like and social media is hard. It's hard to read the room because you get a lot of cringe responses too. And you have to weed out like sure. You have to I, try I and you're... read the metrics to to lean into the things that are working for your fan base. Yeah. But definitely. I think there are definitely some people who aren't as good at it that we should ban Twitter because like we should, we should <laughs> all just Twitter. leave it. We should just leave it. Um but Anyway, so we've taken three different breaks, <laughs> two different breaks, three different breaks. Because... Two different breaks. Um, <laughs> we've gotten through yeah. most of it here. Um, I think, yeah, I think we've covered, I think the only thing that we didn't cover that I'd written down was Kill Makar Skittles. That's all I wrote. Um, which, oh, people, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, Chris, if you saw this. Um, after the avalanche swept the nashville predators um avalanche were doing their post-game interviews and kill mccarr made a comment that yeah towards like the last couple minutes of game four uh some of the predators fans were like throwing skittles at me from like over the glass and a bunch of people were laughing they were like lol like who does that and uh rf dean who is a believe he he's a beat writer for the avalanche um he tweeted out clarifying he said hey so i know a lot of people are laughing about this but just so you guys know uh the tone in which makar was explaining this to us like he he's not laughing he was he was pretty rattled and a little irritated by it as he should have been and and i kind of agree with him on that because i i think i said it when the flyers fans were throwing bracelets on the ice when ed snyder died and their team was like just shitting up a storm in the playoffs and like 
don't throw things on the ice at people in a malicious way like it sucks it's tough to clean up and like yeah you can trip on that stuff um i I do think it was overstating a little i saw i saw the video i don't think kale mccarr was like actively visibly angry like he wasn't irritated he wasn't laughing about it he wasn't yeah he didn't seem irritated to me he just seemed like he didn't really want to talk about it all that much and he seemed irritated for him because he's normally like a very he's a sweet boy yeah he's usually like he he laughs he's usually one of the funnier ones to interview and he seemed he seemed irritated by it and I think that's I think it's wild to me that adults right like it's a it's a real piss baby thing to throw things on the ice after your team is lost it's yeah it's it's uh, something we teach our kids not to do uh, before they hit kindergarten i feel like yeah. people stop throwing yeah. things at people for no reason like before they hit grade school and, and these are adults doing it and... definitely so i don't know we we brought up yeah it is it's extremely stupid we we, we brought up my bad stanley cup pick from this year oh. so just real quick before we end let's say who we think is going to win the stanley cup right now uh i i feel like you you should duct tape your mouth at this point mikey because so, <laughs> i'll go first and i this is the mikey guarantee like people <laughs> you're gonna want to bet your i'm just kidding please don't do that but seriously this is what you're gonna want to do you're gonna want to take the calgary flames to win the cup okay that's what i did that's why i picked to win that's why i've been on to win and look at them condolences sitting- to johnny gaudreau then <laughs> they're, they're I'm all, so sorry they're all they're sitting gravy at two 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 with the stars <laughs> so and first off go- the fact that they're tied with the stars is alarming for their sake because i thought that was going to be an easy series for calgary i i feel like the discourse has been not that the flame that the like it's really damning that it's not like oh look at the stars like big surprise that they've like made this a series it's been what's wrong with the flames yeah yeah they can't seem to score on a ottinger or was that his name yeah Yeah. jake jake ottinger who has only played like a quarter of the year um since the stars started off the year with uh Ben Bishop and Anton Hadobin. And Braden Holtby? It signed yeah. Braden Holtby after they already had those two, which we figured was a pretty bad sign. Um, ben Bishop essentially attempted to rehab enough to continue playing hockey and then promptly <laughs> announced his retirement. He and Tuka had a very similar year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say Hadobin's was even closer because he spent like two weeks trying to play, um, yeah. then went nice. down for surgery. I, I don't know if he actually had surgery at the beginning or not, but went down for injury, ended up coming. I believe he was sent to uh, Cedar Park on a conditioning stint with the Texas Stars and had like an 860 save percentage and hung it up after that. <laughs> Yeah, and he said, they got, I am done. So they got, they got uh, an Ottinger emerged and Holby played pretty well. And then I, they also got Scott Wedgwood. Uh, yeah, who, from the Arizona Coyotes, who have gifted yep. us with um, 
I think at least a third of the goaltenders in the playoffs this year are former Coyotes. (laughs) We've got Ronta, Mike Smith, Scott Wedgwood. uh, Somebody else is floating around out there. Kempner. Kemper, that's right. Darcy Kemper. Um, Yeah, that's good for them. Um, Good for Scott Wedgwood. Both of you are looking in the same direction. I'm assuming at dogs. Uh, Chris might just be um, trying to keep his eyes open because I, I was, I was, I thought, I thought the Kings took a lead. Sorry, I saw Mike Smith skating out of his crease. I'm like, oh, did he just give him a goal? <laughs> but he didn't. It's four four now. So what? Yeah, I kind of want to go watch the end of that game. Okay, we'll wrap three minutes who's left. Winning, who's winning the cup? Um. Hmm, what? Um, Colorado. I'm going to stick with yeah. my pick from the beginning of the year. Yeah, I picked Colorado at the beginning of the year as well. Ooh, I'm going to stick them. I, I had I'm Colorado. sorry that we picked Colorado Islanders. Had... <laughs> <laughs> did we both pick Colorado and the Islanders? We did, except yep. for uh, Mikey picked the Islanders and the Jets. Yeah, I was the most good, good so picks fired. there. Excellent <laughs> so picks. Um, so fire with my picks, and you guys just can't handle it. That's but why pretty I cringe, Mikey. Somebody pretty, else, pretty I believe somebody else in that episode picked like the Flyers and the Red Wings to both make the playoffs, and I think it was oh, that Drew. Was, um, that so... was Drew. Drew picked the Red Wings <laughs> to make the playoffs. In that episode, we had like a it was like a sleeper to make the playoffs, though it wasn't like a picks. Though I guess Drew did pick. He, he picked his sleeper, and then as the sleeper, he also put them in the playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in. Kat, thank you. Sorry for everyone for the long layoff. Chris, thank you for joining us. Uh, any last words from either of you? Um, I feel like I don't even need to give any last words because I dragged our only listener onto the podcast. Um, but uh, go Suns. As uh-huh. my daughter has said, Devin Booker is back. He's healthy and the boys are buzzing. So. Okay. I like go the Celtics. Suns. I, can, I can go. Oh, okay. The Celtics. I, okay. Maybe we'll have a Suns Celtics. Uh, maybe there'll be a Suns Celtics uh, finals that you guys can watch at your new house. And then. Izzy would I, maybe never speak to Chris again. And then I can move in and it'll be a real you, me, and Dupree situation. <laughs> You, me, Dupree, and Isabel. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Thank you, guys. That's all right.